Panoply, Panorama, Panpipe, Pansy, Aha, Pansexual, Knowing No Boundaries of Sex or Gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855am digital and 3cr.org.au. Three CR eight five five AM digital three CR dot org dot AU. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan, a show covering pansexual issues, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. For those listening live on Sunday, thanks to the crew from Out of the Blue, diving deep for the marine news as they do every Sunday from eleven until eleven thirty until noon. Of course, eleven o'clock is Earth Matters, part of Three CR's environmental commitments. 3CR, Talking Environment and Land, is proudly broadcasting from the lands of the original inhabitants, paying respects to Elders past and present, and acknowledging our LGBTI original inhabitants, including sister girls and brother boys. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan. I'm Sally Goldner, and um, welcoming, of course, people of all genders, including, but not limited, to ladies and gentlemen. And, well, we opened up with Diana Wolfe. Um, what's the time, Mrs Wolfe? Well... Pretty much, it's um, out of the pan time, but of course it's fringe time at the moment. And well, a couple of weeks ago, um, I was joined in the studio by those um, two intergalactic drag kings, um, Rex and Harden. And well, um, we're continuing the queer part of fringe. Apparently there's just a gaggle of queer stuff at fringe, which is great to see. And I'm joined in the studio today by Nick Spond, who's got the show Asexual Healing. Nick, welcome. Hi, thanks Sally. And um, I... Yes, this is, your, this is your first time in the 3CR luxury studio. Oh, yeah, it is. Um, luxury. <laughs> no, good to have you um, um, with with me on the show. It's great to see so much sort of stuff on the sort of um, of the queers, queer and we'll say related type of um, things at um, Fringe. And you're doing a show, Asexual Healing. So we'd better okay. start, I suppose, because people may or may not know what asexual is. I did have some fab people from the Melbourne Aces in about April last year. Yeah, they're great. They're a good crew. Um, and hello to all of them out there. Please remember to send in when they are, um, when you're meeting gang, um, they're on meetup. Mm-hmm. But um, we'd better define what asexual is and maybe what it isn't as well, just for listeners who, well, forgot or haven't heard that show or whatever else. <laughs> sure. Um, well, asexuality is... Uh, like it's a sexual orientation, but yeah. it means you lack the desire for sex, mm-hmm. uh, so you don't have the same sort of sex drive. And in, in my case, I don't have any interest in sex or get any pleasure from it. Yeah, uh, when I have had it, um, so it's yeah. You'd broadly define it as lack of sexual attraction to any gender. Uh, it is important to to note that there are also romantic orientations, so you can get. Are people who are asexual but might have romantic inclinations. Ah, yeah. So they might be, say, like panromantic uh, and like interested in anyone, regardless of gender or heteroromantic, homoromantic, or any of mm-hmm. the other um, orientations that you could be. And so they'll be like still interested in relationships or, you know, non sexual intimacy, but they're not interested in the sex part. Right. Uh, from where I am, I'm what we call aromantic asexual. 
Yeah. So I have no interest in that either. Okay. Yep. Um, so, yeah, there's a, a fab way of, of looking at this, which I love, um, which people mm-hmm. may have seen. You can hit your search engine for the gender unicorn, which <laughs> I yes. really, it proves, well, it proves that unicorns do exist and we're all unicorns. There's 7.4 billion of us on the planet, in my opinion, on lots of things. Yeah. But um, it sort of has, I, I, um, I keep giving my age away in the last couple of days. <laughs> um, yesterday on a, on a panel discussion, um, I said um, we sort of, we thought we had to finish. We had 10 minutes to go, and I said, it's like a rock concert encore, and I said, now we come out and do K-San again, and half the young people in the room didn't know what I was talking oh, about. Oh, my gosh, wow. Yeah, um, but anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, my, my show my show ends up giving away my age a lot as well because I talk about what it was like growing up in the 90s, uh, uh, being asexual, when that was just not recognised well, as a word. Well, no. So. no, it certainly wasn't. I mean, um, you know, sort of, look, it's still sad to me that we're struggling to affirm well, I'll call it bi slash pansexuality, mm. anyone attracted to more than one gender, this, you know, sort of nonsense of, you know, have you made up your mind yet, which I just find yeah. blech. I know, because I, I <laughs> um, before I heard the word asexual and knew what that was, I identified as bi, so I sort of went through all that oh. of having to be, like, kind of quiet about my sexuality and, yeah, all that, as you say, that sort of erasure of your sexuality mm. where people assume that if you're bi, you're just kind of gay in waiting yeah. Uh, just waiting to get the confidence to come out as gay, which is not, you know, not remotely the truth. Of course. Um, so, and I think actually a lot of asexual people will identify as bi or pan before um, realising that is because it's the only thing that kind of captures your mutual indifference to mm. everyone. It's just like, well, I don't prefer one type of person over any other. Yeah. So I guess that's where I must sit in sexuality. And I think that's the sort of easy thing to recognise about yourself first before then recognising that actually... Sex itself is disinteresting to you. Yeah. Mm. Um, no, it's it's a fair it's a fair call, and it's interesting that um, a lot of um, people who are bi and will say that's where they need they fit have a lot of empathy with ace ace people as well because mm. there is this you know sort of where you know well I hate to say these words but we're sort of down the pecking or you know heterosexual <laughs> then. Okay, we've got somewhere with gay and lesbian, but anything yeah. else, it's like, huh, what? It's still a bit, huh, what? So yeah. we need to fix that. And you're doing something in a way to fix it because you've got a fringe show about all this, um, and which you did a show at Comedy Festival as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and how, let's say, how did, how did it go? Comedy Festival can be a tough nut to crack. Um, <sighs> you know, there's some tough critics, as they say. But how did it all go for you? I, actually, I had one really lovely critic, actually. So, there you go. Um, it was, yeah, the show came about because a friend of mine was a producer and he was just looking for shows to produce. Uh-huh. And I had this idea for a show I'd been kicking along for a while. Mm. Like, I'd done a little bit of stand-up. I'm an improviser yeah. and actor mostly. But I'd done a little bit of stand-up. But oh. I was finding I was writing a lot of material that didn't make sense if you didn't know what asexuality was. Uh-huh. Like, yep. so if you do any material relating to romance or sex or anything like that, it's if people are assuming that you're interested in sex, then my stories wouldn't make any sense. Gotcha. So I'm like, well, I can't actually explain this in a five-minute slot at an open mic night. Mm. That's, that's too short a time to explain it. So it's like all of that material needs to go into one show. Uh, so I have s- s- gradually building up material for a whole show. And when the opportunity came up to do it, I'm like, yep done let's go you had a producer who said oh that sounds interesting um so it was a win-win yeah and the show i was really happy with how it how it went like when i got on i was expecting there to be like you know 
two people in the audience, but actually we got we got pretty good audiences for it, and everyone responded to it really well. So, uh, so I decided to bring it back for Fringe. Cool, yeah, um, which is good because I I must admit I was a bit out of life earlier in this year when comedy festivals on and didn't hear about it. So I'm glad it's back um, personally, but of course I I definitely think we need um, you know the more um, shows we can do like this, the better. I mean, um, you know there was. Um, um, the fabulous um, SJ had a show in a fringe a couple of years ago, that sexy show, um, yeah, yeah. which was sort of like a panel discussion about questions on these things, which is really good. And, you know, we've got the drag kings and all that sort of stuff. So I think the more that gets it out there, and of course, arts is just such a great way to communicate yeah. in a more relaxed setting. Yes, we need, said the person who goes out and does PowerPoint presentations <laughs> for a living, we need that too. But I think it is awesome. So um, that you've you've done it. I mean, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, it's been... Seeing queer artists has been so important to me ah, in my yeah. own life that, uh, like, for asexuality especially, I think the first time I heard the word was in an interview with Janine Garofalo, who's an American stand-up comic. Okay. Uh, and she's asexual and talks about it sometimes in her stand-up. Mm. And when I heard that word from her, I'm just like, wait, you can be what now? You can be what? And so I went and looked it up and got on, like, Avon, which is a big course, uh, yeah. website for asexuality, and went to Tumblr because everyone's on Tumblr, and Tumblr's beautiful for the ace community. And then I, I learned about it from there. But if it hadn't been if it mm. hadn't been for Garofalo speaking about it, then I wouldn't have known about it. And I would have gone, you know, still thought I was just kind of broken or just like I used to think I, I'm, just, I'm just bisexual but lazy. I'm not, uh, I'm not making enough effort to go out there. Uh, and so having that public face to it uh, is is really important. And I think so having shows where you talk about these things help other people who might not know where they sit on the spectrum to learn that. Yeah. Oh, look, really important. And I've got to say, I've got to give a shout out. When I was thinking of being silly enough to do stand-up myself yeah. a long time ago, um, I happened to see Nellie Thomas at... Um, um, an event <clears throat> from the now sadly missed Melbourne Marching Girls. Mm. And um, you know, I said, look, I'm thinking of going to stand-up and Nellie with... Because she was an out-by stand-up. Mm. When she, and Nellie, with her perfectly dry sense of humour, I still think I've got this email, said, look, it's tough being a woman in stand-up, um, doubly tough being lesbian and bi as a trans woman. You'll find it triply as tough, but go for it anyway if it's mm. what you want to do. <laughs> yeah. But it gave a sense of visibility, you know, visibility yeah. and connection, so important for us in, you know, um, well, um, you know, sort of, I'm trying to think of a more neutral word, but, work, you know, communities that are isolated, I suppose, yeah. um, is really cool. So it's it's great. I'm, I'm, glad to, I'm glad to hear that. And I think, you know, that we need to, you know, connection is so vital. So um, for those people who did see the um, comedy festival show, have you you know, sort of had a rework, is it much the same, um, you know, sort of very different in between? Or... Um, it's pretty much the same as where it was at the end of the Comedy Festival yep. run. It's like I find with stand-up it changes night by night. Mm-hmm. Every time I do the show True. I then listen back to how it went and then I tweak it a little bit. And so it changed a lot more over the first couple of nights and then yep. you sort of find you, you groove and it becomes about... Well, it becomes about also a lot responding to individual audiences. Yes, I tend very to have, true. Yeah, I tend to have a kind of a framework for how I do it rather than a set word-by-word script. Yeah. So I'll, have the, I'll follow through the same sections, but how I do each one 
So yeah. it depends a bit on how I'm relating to the to the audience on the night. No, totally. Coming um, from an improv background, it's like the act of writing down a script and presenting that was actually quite difficult. I'm just like, oh, what? I've got to, I've got to write words and memorize words. That was, um, yeah, that was that was something different for me. But it's actually really nice to do the same material over and over again and like see how different people respond to it. Yeah, and just tweak and connect to the audience. If you're connecting in, that sounds like a good thing to do on anyone. Mm. It's sort of it's a form of listening, which is always respectful. Yeah, and it's it's interesting to see how different people in the audience will react to it. Yeah. So I find I start being able to see who's queer in the audience and who's not, mm. depending on which jokes they laugh at or not. Like you can recognise that ace people will have particular <laughs> recognition laughs for things, yeah. uh, and then other people who maybe know ace people or have other queer identities will respond to other things differently, and then yeah. straight people tend to respond to things in different ways. Yeah. So I found that really interesting. You get this really kind of intimate connection with the audience mm. uh, in that way, talking about very personal material, yeah. which isn't often talked about. So. Yeah, no, look, it's, it's interesting. You know, you're ringing a lot of bells. I'm thinking, I interviewed the Fab... Bo Heartbreaker, another drag mm-hmm. king, um, a while ago, and same thing. You know that a lot of um, guys who face stereotypes can sort of relate to Bo's material as well. Yeah. It's I think that you've really hit something, and that I suppose leads to a point. I mean, you mentioned, and I'm sorry, names are my weeks, but Janelle um, Janine Groffler. Janine Groffler. So you had a sort of light bulb moment hearing about Janine. Has anyone come up to you, if I can ask, after a show and said, "I've just had a light bulb moment." <laughs> um, not a light bulb moment per se, but I did have, like, quite a few ace people came to the show last time. Yeah. And they come up and talk to me afterwards, often. And also, I had people who were family or friends of ace people ah. would come along, and they come and go, thanks for helping me understand my sister or my friend. And that oh. was that was really gratifying to, to know that the show had had that yeah. effect. Uh, I also, interestingly, I've had straight friends. Mm talk to me about it afterwards and say that, yeah, thinking about the show helped them negotiate their own sex lives. Because if you can accept that some people just don't like sex at all, mm. then when you talk about your own sex life or you think about your own sex life, it gives you more freedom to say, oh, no, this is what I like and this is what I don't like. Mm. There's this sort of assumption that you're supposed to like everything because it's sexy. Yeah. And I found that really interesting and, again, yeah, really gratifying that somebody got that out of the show yeah well it's really important that everyone you know can find their sort of place on i call them the various kaleidoscopes now yeah. you know lines aren't just aren't enough you know of gender identity gender expression but also mm. sexual attraction and romantic attraction and then to whom and we've all got different um you know there's just so many components to it and if someone then says well look um I don't think really, really exaggerated. Well, I don't know what I'm having the course once a week, but, you know, I come in every few months or I don't want to have it at all or I just want to hold someone or whatever it is. Yeah. If it's safe and consensual, you know, you know and it's of appropriate age, of course, mm. does the rest really, the rest is just details, details in a way, and that's all that matters. So that, that, that's, I, I love, I'm right to hear that. That's really cool. Um, so can we get a couple of hints for those who didn't see the comedy festival show mm-hmm. without giving without giving any punchlines away? But however you want to do it, what sort of um, things do you talk about? Um, and, you know, you can give punchlines away if you want, <laughs> but um, you know, sort of um, drill down a little. What what sort of things do you go into in the show? Well, my light bulb moment happened only in my mid thirties, mm-hmm. 
Uh, and so there was a long period of time there where I was asexual, disinterested in sex, but didn't have the word for it. Yeah. And so the show's a lot about that. It's about the process of finding mm-hmm. that name for your, yourself, finding that label for yourself, and yep. the freedom that that then gives you mm-hmm. once you have that affirmation of your identity. So there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of talking about early experiences, like back when I did used to have sex and, and date yeah. and things like that. So experiences are you know, might be relatable to other people regardless of, of sexuality like that. Mm. Uh, so I talk about, yeah, those that kind of finding myself process, as well as talking about asexuality in more yeah. general terms and explaining it for people who don't know what it is and yeah. things like that. And having a little a little little bit of fun with it um, as well. Yeah, yeah it's it's a definitely a comedy show. Like yes. while it's really while it's really personal, and I do share a lot of personal stuff. Yeah, uh, it's you know I've I've focused on making it. Um, humorous and people seem to laugh in all the right places and go oh in all the right places. So, yeah, I should have I should have mentioned at the start of the show. Sorry mm-hmm. that um, um, just for our listeners, if you want to get in touch with the show, the usual ways exist out of the pan eight five five at gmail dot com. If you're, I think there's about five people left who use um, email now and aren't on some sort of messenger system, but I'm old yeah. fashioned. Um, text six one four zero one zero seven eight nine eight one. Um, you can tweet at Sal Gold said so, and that's the bottom line. And look for my page on Facebook and pop a comment underneath. And the um, Facebook post about today's show has the link to yours in there. Yeah, thank and, you. And um, what we might do is just have a quick track of some sort. Um, and um, uh, da, 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 da. sorry, um, have a quick track. And um, then we, if people have maybe some questions for you that they might um, might want to throw in, I'm going right off the cuff here, but why the heck not? Um, so um, we'll, um, you know, we can just have, they can come in while we're having the track and um, go from there. Um, just having a small technical hitch here. No, we're not. Um, let's have a listen to, well... Um, you know, this show is a bit about gender. Uh, here's a track by the, the group Space, the female of the species. 3CR, 855am digital, 3cr.org.au and on demand. Out of the pan with Sally and guest Nick Spund. Like your music old and groovy, tough and bluesy? You can hear pre-war, Chicago, Jump, Down Home, Big Band, in fact all types of blues on Melbourne's longest running blues program, Blues With A Feeling, every Saturday night at 9.30pm on 3CR. Blues with a feeling, that's what I have today. Able-bodied Australia does not realise that people with disabilities across the board are being discriminated against. Then the government to demand that we go out and get a job without removing the disincentives like the lack of access to transport and community infrastructure, without providing accessible buildings that can provide barrier-free employment. I'm not getting a fair go and I don't like it and I'm saying so. You're listening to 3CR, 855 on the AM dial. The 
3CR, 855am digital, 3cr.org.au. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan, a show covering pansexual issues, definitely knowing no boundaries of sex or gender around and in between. Mm -hmm. And we heard prior to the messages from Space, the female of the species, um, more deadly than the male, I'm not sure. A bit binary perhaps, but we'll debate that all day. <laughs> um, but um, and um, but um, anyway... Um, of most importance, to, um, joined on the show today by Nick Spond, whose um, show is on at Fringe Festival, which is uh, very awesome. Um, and so, um, yeah, you were telling us a little bit about um, what's involved in the show, you know, sort of um, what, um, you know, sort of um, a bit of the content about it. Where, mm-hmm. where are you on? I'm playing at a bar called Belleville, which is in Globe Alley, which is right in the heart of Chinatown. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just near the corner of Swanston and Little Burke Street. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. So it's a comparatively new venue, but it's the funkiest bar. Uh, it's, yeah, I'm really excited about playing there. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I didn't know about that. Um, I, I do know Globe Alley. You sort of know that part of the city reasonably well. Um, so um, good to, um, you know, sort of... Um, um, being right in the heart of town, obviously mm. transport accessible, which is important, um, pretty much. But um, yeah, um, and it's on the nineteenth to the twenty fourth of September. So That's I think, right. So you've got the one week week type of run, mm-hmm. Tuesday through Saturday, uh, Monday through to Saturday, Monday through to Saturday. Yeah, Beg six yours. nights yes. six and seven fifteen p.m. Yep, for pretty much an hour. Yeah, and twenty two dollars or seventeen concession at Fringe. Um, and yeah, your um, comedy festival show, Spund is earnest, engaging, and informative, as well as absolutely hilarious. The music. <laughs> yep. Um, that was a lovely critic I told you about. Isn't that nice? A uh. nice critic. There we go. <laughs> they do exist. Um, <laughs> no, there are. Look, there's lots of um, fair critics, but there's some who you wonder, hmm, yes, and all that sort of thing. Mm. But, um, I had a friend who got heckled by a critic at comedy festival. Like, the critic turned up and heckled up. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. That's... And they were actually, so they were heckling. Yeah, the critic from the Australian heckled her from the audience. <laughs> oh, that's a bit rich. Mm. Um, but most most critics I've dealt with. I mean, I've been a critic myself as well in the past. Um, yeah. And most of them are like big fans of the art, uh, and they're lovely, especially for like the publications like the music and lovely critic who came for me. Yeah. Well, I mean. Um, yeah, um, I've got to. I've got to say, not talk in terms of heckling. Like I got mm. a, saw a great clip yesterday, and I'm, I'm sorry, I'm so bad with names. But a a female stand up in Sweden was heckled yeah. with, and I better say, trigger warning. It's not the worst thing, mm-hmm. but it's still not good. By apparently, um, while in Sweden, was heckled by some Australian dude um, who said, "Show us your tits," you know, really mm. intellectual stuff, and. She was fantastic. She, um, I've, this is on my personal Facebook page, thanks to yeah. the fab Cindy Darnell, who um, brought it to my attention. Um, and um, this, um, um, the, the, the comic, and I, as I say, I had, I'm going right off the cuff, which is why I can't remember the name. Does it Amy Schumer? Because like, she took down a, there was a clip of her taking down a heckler. Her, ah, yes, it was Amy. Yes, that's it. Oh, you, thank you for that. Um, yeah. Um, really, really good um, to have that. Yes, Amy Schumer <clears throat> destroys a, a heckler who asked her to do what I just mentioned. And, and she says, if you yell out again, you'll be yelling to show, show your tits to in the parking lot. 
And what was, I think, also awesome was when she said, who mm. said that? About half, you know, half the people sitting around this dude, bro, sort of just all went pointed, pointed, pointed. Yeah, wow. And it was like, yes. So huge win for humanity on a number of counts there. And, yeah, I don't know a lot about Amy Schumer, but she sounds very, very awesome. Mm. Um, so, yeah, you can check that out in Huffington Post. has an article <laughs> on it, probably amongst other sources. So it's nice when that happens, um, you know, because yeah. it just gets so... Stupid when you have silly hecklers um, and some, or drunks or something. Drunks, yeah. I think, are almost the hardest to deal with from my limited experience. But um, I think that obviously you've got, um, you know, I think you'd have lots of people coming along generally who are just interested in the show and also, but of course, you'll have friends. And I think the thing that struck me a few weeks ago mm-hmm. was on a panel on trans and gender diverse over in Perth. And people came up and said, even though I'm okay about who I am now and I'm on the right path, they said it's just good to see it represented in broader community spaces. It does give that huge sense of connection. So a big yay for that. So, um, yeah, and also you've got just to die, um, well, to improvise, you've Mm -hmm. got a, you love improv as well. Yeah. uh, I've. Performed with a few a few different improv groups. Yeah, um, I performed with Improv Conspiracy for about, probably about three years. I'm still performing with them sometimes. Cool. I'm also doing an improvised Shakespeare show. Oh, yeah. We get we get the title for a made up Shakespeare play, and then we perform it in style and language of Shakespeare. That's also at Fringe. That's the week after my solo show. Okay. Okay. Well, we've got to go on to that. I don't care if it's not queer or not. Tell us a bit about that. I'm improvising. <laughs> it's called. It, um, we call ourselves Soof Players, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. So there's usually about seven of us on stage, and we ask the audience for a suggestion of a play, and then we perform that. So it's yeah. It's it's exactly what it says on the tin. It's Shakespeare made up on the spot, and it's very funny. We've actually got a tagline on our posters this year saying 100% guaranteed funny. Whoa. Uh, we've put a guarantee that you will laugh during the show. Uh, so it's it's certainly not what you imagine, like the what you imagine as Shakespeare, mm. but we think it's pretty close to the spirit of Shakespeare. It's that same combination of like we do high drama, we do ridiculous comedy, we do like... We improvise sword fights. We have like tragic deaths and impossible <laughs> love affairs. It's like the whole thing, and we do all that all on stage in an hour. So, and is it with ye oldie worldy languagey? Oh yeah. Oh, excellent. Yeah, we we train in we train in speaking Shakespearean language, and then when we go on <laughs> on stage, the whole place in that. <laughs> what light from doth yonder window breaketh, and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Oh, cool. Now that sounds now that that sounds awesome as well. Um, I don't who you know. Um, well, I mean, how queer was Shakespeare anyway? Well, Shakespeare's all pretty queer. It's full of cross-dressing and well, that's blurred right. identities and, and yes. stuff like that. What was it? Um, now, I'm, I'm having to dig my way back. If you can give away your age, I'll be bold and give away mine. So I'm thinking about late late 70s, early 80s in the last few years of school. Was mm. it Puck from A Midsummer Night's Dream? Did Puck end up in some sort of gender-blurring role? No, well, there's a lot of, um, particularly women cross-dressing as men Yes, uh, in, the, in the plays. Uh, which is, I could go into the historical reasons why that is, because I'm a yeah. huge Shakespeare nerd. Because uh, there know. was, at the time of Shakespeare, there was a lot of androgyny in dress uh-huh. in general. It was a time when there was a, a queen on the throne. And so a lot of a lot of women were dressing in more masculine styles and men were dressing in more feminine styles. Ah. And the whole the whole fashion thing changed uh, at that time. And so that's that gets reflected in Shakespeare's plays. So there's a lot of gender blurriness, especially around... 
the female characters. Okay. And, of course, you probably know in Shakespeare's day all the characters are played by males. Yes. So all the female characters would be boys dressed as girls. And so then when a female character is cross-dressing, it's a boy dressed as a girl dressed as a boy again. Ah, Victor, Victoria. I'm sorry you weren't that new, Julie Andrews. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And of course, we're talking Elizabeth One. I, I think, was the time, uh, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Now that's... Hmm, curious, curious, curious. I, I didn't, I hadn't quite made all those connections. That's, that's very cool. Um, yeah, yeah, and so, and so we're approaching that. And obviously, we have contemporary sensibilities as a, as a company. So yes, there tends to be more queer storylines and stuff in these plays mm. as well uh, than you'd see in um, traditional Shakespeare. I've had plenty of gay romances and stories yep. like that. Yeah, oh, ex- excellent. Um, so there's lot, lots happening at Fringe. Um, um, yeah, hop on to the melbournefringe.com.au um, website, of course, and find out all the good shows. Um, do, you, do you have anything else, whether you're in it or not, um, any other Fringe picks that you might want to recommend while we're going with it? Oh, um, I'm excited about Andy Snelling's new show, Deja Vu. Uh, Andy's amazing performer. Um, if you're wanting to see... I'm excited about seeing Sparrowmen, if you know the Sparrowmen. They hosted, they hosted the... Party at Pride Parade a couple of years ago. Oh, okay. Two two lovely lovely gay boys, and they're doing a choose your own adventure show. Oh. Uh, like it's a murder mystery, but the audience like make the choices. Like you're reading a choose your own adventure book, and then they go on to the next section of the story, uh, like that. So that sounds uh, really exciting as well. Gosh, uh, so there is a, there's a bit there. You um, dig a little, and you'll come up with a lot of queer gold. By the look of it, you'll find your proverbial. Um, pot at the end of the rainbow. Well, there is. Um, there's a lot of like sort of queer showcase shows going on. Um, there's Mama Alto, if you know her. Yes, Mama, Mama yeah. Alto. Yeah. Um, they're doing a big, uh, a big showcase called Church, like on yep. the 18th of September, which is supposed to uh, represent all the diversity of performers in Fringe. And Lisa Sky is doing lots of like kind uh, of queer. There's trouble. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love Lisa that. Sky's queer show. So they're the they're just they're life affirming. Yeah. Um. And yeah, she'll be doing stuff throughout Fringe as well. And there just there is just a lot of a lot of queer material which is really emphasised during Fringe in a way it isn't say during comedy festival, for instance. Yeah. No, Fringe does seem to get to that um, cutting edge so well, um, which is you know really which is very excellent. Um, so yeah, no. Look, that it sounds like there's an extravaganza. Obviously, I've obviously got to do some homework. I'm um, and either get online or I'm one of the old-fashioned types who needs mm. to read a printed guide. But um, um, which I imagine is around the proverbial traps um, somewhere. Um, so um, yeah, um, hop on and find find your your feast. Um, and here is actually we were talking off air that um, the good people at Midsummer mm-hmm. have. Um, got a list of queer fringe shows and it's just you can get up get to the link on their front page at midsummer.org.au so you're in there um altar girl at the lodge um church at the festival club yeah that's right dear delphine um family gabies at a secret venue mm. um oh gender spanner's back oh i love gender spanner yes. yeah she's great yep um had a um yep and Gosh, Lisa's guy's got three um, <laughs> shows listed here: art, yeah. sex, and snacks, um, queer comedy showcase, and spiders wearing party hats. I've seen spiders wearing party hats. It's a lovely, lovely show. Go see that. So there's no shortage here. Yeah, Planet of the Kings. I said Kings of the Galaxy earlier at the eighty-six with those um, debonair drag kings. Um, the boy who was born with a moustache. Um, 
and Tina Del Twist is back. Um, always good. Um, so yeah, there's mountains. Um, yeah, so check, that's a great list that there is um, there. Thank you to Midsummer for doing that great, supporting our queer arts, which is what Midsummer does. Mm-hmm. All right, let's have let's do another track. I think. Um, uh, no, I'm going to keep going. I'm in a mood to keep going, so we will because I can because mm-hmm. we said um, just the way I feel today anyway. Um, and just um, think we've got the fringe stuff covered, but wanted to have a chat with you okay. um, about all sorts of stuff. I had a huge honour yesterday. Um, I had the honour of being asked to be a facilitator of a pro-sex work panel, which was part of the Melbourne Writers Festival. And the reason I'm I'm talking to you about this, if that yeah. makes sense, is my first reaction when I was approached is like, I'm not someone who has or is working in the sex industry. Can I do mm-hmm. that? And they said, no, we would like you to do it because we trust you, which I'm pretty chuffed by. But it does show a thing that where you do are part of, and I don't like the word minority. You know, mm-hmm. it's just a word that I tend to get. It seems a bit othering at times to me. You know. Yeah. Um, I am, you know, it can be very difficult to trust anyone else who doesn't share your experience because of all the poop that one faces. Mm-hmm. And so it was really a really cool thing. Um, but what I was, the thing that struck me was listening to the fab speakers, Jane Green and MJ, um, was the amount of vitriol. I mean, yeah, there's different opinions on virtually everything in the world. Um, you know, sort of, um, and I was going to say, you know, short of if we all wanted a tax cut, but some people might gen- still genuinely believe if we pay a bit more tax, we'll get better services. Hmm. Seriously, I don't understand why there's vitriol against groups. And I mean, have you um, faced that in terms of being ace or anything else? Um, like, I've been pretty fortunate with that in terms of uh, in terms of asexuality. Yeah. That mostly the way mostly the way people react to it is they just don't register it. Yeah. I found, and for many years there. People just wouldn't believe you if you say, no, I'm not really into sex. They're like, oh, yeah, you are. What are you into? And, like, if you don't say something, like if people ask you to say, oh, what's your sexual fantasy? And you go like, oh, I don't have one. Then they're like, oh, it must be something really kinky then. Yeah. If they're not going to say it. Uh, Like, and people just default to assume that you must like sex. Yeah. And so for a long time I didn't talk about asexuality. Yeah. Even after realising it for myself. Because people would just deny it or they would challenge it. Like as soon as they said it, they would see it as a challenge. Mm. Uh, and then they would try to, they, they keep on throwing sex questions at me and relationship questions at me and they wouldn't accept my answers. So I found it easy to just not talk about it. Yeah. And then if you don't talk about it, people just assume you've got a personal life going somewhere in the background. Yeah. Uh, and they leave you be on that. I have... Um, You do occasionally come across negativity about it actually within queer spaces. Oh, yeah. Which, uh, yeah, which is a a bit sad. um, It's always kind of heartbreaking when you find, like, divisions in in the queer community like that because we should all be banding together, really. But I think because a lot of queer people will go through uh, a phase of being disinterested in sex while they're working out their sexuality. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, like often people who are working out they're gay or people who are sorting out their gender identity will go through yep. uh, an asexual phase where they just don't have anything to do with it for a few years hmm. uh, while they work that out. And that's, you know, that's a, a part of the asexual community. Um, but people can then assume that if you're saying asexual, that that's what you are, mm-hmm. that you're going through that, that phase and that as long as you say you're asexual, it's because you're in denial about something else oh. at some point. Um, and that's, I think, 
yeah, the only the only really negative comments I've had from people have actually been from a few people in the queer community. But I mean, that said, most people uh, in the queer community are more likely to understand it and not say anything. Once they um, sort of get their maybe get their heads around yeah, it. Yeah. Whereas like yeah, with yeah, with straight community I find I haven't encountered the same negativity yet. Um, that might be because I curate my straight friends. <laughs> um, so I haven't, I haven't encountered much negativity, but I have encountered a lot of just like, this doesn't even register, like water off a duck's back. They don't notice that. Yeah, um, that's, that's, cur- that's sort of interesting. One of my friends who is polyamorous um, will talk about in, I'm going to, I'll just say in their workplace um, mm. to keep it, you know, de-identified as much as possible in a way um, that they'll say, so, yeah, had a great weekend with my husband, his partner, and my other partner. And someone mm. will go, oh, so you went to the fringe. Hang on, what did you just say? <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't register at first because the the, the default settings that yeah. are around us, heterosexuality, monogamy, gender stereotypes, just don't click in and um, mm. people, you know, don't um, respect it. Um, one yeah, per- and I'm seeing with people who are coming out as, as poly, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a real journey. Yes. Like for society to accept accept that. That's mm. there's a lot of vitriol about about poly, which I think is sad because it's a beautiful way for people. Well, to that's be. right. It's abundant, and of course, again, if it's safe and consensual, um, mm. then that's the thing. Um, and to, you know, the person who's been, I think, a huge driver, at least in Victoria and largely Australia, on poly is um, Anne Hunter, who's um, a great um, friend of mine. And she was on an interview over on Joy a couple of years ago where yeah. she said the phrase, which I just love. She said, we live in a society that's sex-obsessed but sex-negative. talks about yeah. guilt and shame and all that sort of thing. And then she said, then said, what a dysfunctional combination. Mm. And this hits bi, it hits asexuality, it hits poly. It, you know, we're slowly chipping away on gay and lesbian. And then, of course, even trans and intersex, which is nothing about sex, is lumped yeah. in as it, and on it goes. And it's a real... Travesty. So, um, you know, I think that does seem to be part of the roots of it. Someone, though, who is very supportive of diversity has tweeted in, I should say, Linda has oh. tweeted in and says hi to me and says, good to have hashtag asexuality and hashtag pansexuality and waves. And yeah. Linda's an absolute um, gem in terms of communicating about issues, particularly mm. on seniors, which, I mean, there's another stereotype we have, you know. Yeah. Go into a if someone goes if anyone still goes into news agents to buy paper greeting cards mm. and you know you get these ones oh you're turning sixty so you don't have any sex anymore it's like oh you, for God. it's like oh dear it's not exactly a hallmark so to speak <laughs> of um, good of um, respect but anyway um, so yeah I think we've got a lot of stereotypes to overcome and yeah look the stuff in the queer community well yeah personal bugbear myself but um and i understand how it happens people have been hurt mm. and damaged and they're full of pain there isn't the room spiritually yeah. energy wise for empathy and i i you know pers- i you know i don't have all i wish i had the answer on that one mm. um how do we clear help people face their pain and clear it in a safe sort of approach yeah. um you know and affirm them so that they can then say oh well, okay you might be a bit different to me you're um, you know, person A might say, well, I'm a trans person who has a binary sense of identity, mm-hmm. but just because you're non-binary doesn't mean I have to say that oh, you're a threat to me or whatever else. And I wish yeah. I knew the answer. Mm. A difficult one. 
If you've got thoughts on this, please get in touch with the show. We might just have a couple of quick messages. Um, come back and do some events in the queer community, the queer com- type of community, community coming up, and then mm-hmm. wrap it up and move out. Um, you're on 3CR, 855 AM digital, 3cr.org.au. Um, Sally with um, guest and now guest commentator, um, <laughs> next morning. Common Ground Festival is back this November, featuring Frank Yammer, Dallas Frasca, Emily Waramara, The Deans, plus loads more. Complementing the music makers on stage will be free workshops from the Group Work Institute, a social change unconference, mouth-watering food and nature in abundance. It's about working together to make the world a better place and having one heck of a good time along the way. So visit commongroundfestival.org.au for your tickets. A 3CR supporter. CR programs provide information and analysis you won't hear in the mainstream. Today we'll be looking at the legacy of the US war on Vietnam on Laos. And as far as corporate capitalism is concerned, it is the worst political and economic system that you can have. Our laws about jailing refugees and asylum seekers are so well crafted. Sex is not irrelevant and we like who we are, but we don't have to be imprisoned by our gender. Become a subscriber today. Call us on 9419 8377 or visit 3cr.org.au. 3CR, the voice of dissent. 3CR, 855am digital, 3cr.org.au. Out of the pan with Sally and guest um, commentator Nick. Hmm. And um, just um, things that are coming up during the week. Bent TV is always on Friday, and I found out late last week that yours truly was on Friday night's Bent TV talking about um, is marriage um, being, uh, you know, taking up space from other issues. Um, so mm. check on to Bent TV's website and um, YouTube and find out why this is a face for radio. Um, also, of course, um, next Saturday the 10th, Seahorse, it is the AGM. A couple of people standing down from the committee, so if you're interested in helping Seahorse, a social group for um, trans and gender diverse people, focusing, I think it's fair to say, on the trans women part, but all welcome, of course, um, who've been running for 41 and a bit years, keep them going up to 50, um, and you're a member who can be eligible, rock along, and um, also um, that pretty much gets us through the next couple of weeks, so um, watch out for that, but of course lots of fringe stuff um, starting on the 15th. Um, of September, the uh, Friday week, as from the time we broadcast. So, yeah, um, get your coffee out or something for the um, and what, whatever you have to do. I think of people like um, Richard Watts, who reviews so much art <laughs> stuff, and I don't know how people like Richard, you know, sort of survive all these festival times like Fringe and Comedy Festival and all the rest. Quite amazing. And of course, Richard, a great um, contributor to Melbourne's queer and/or arts communities. Um, and I think also a broadcaster on our, um, well, I think it's fair to say our community radio cousins over at Triple R. And uh, did you say you, earlier off air you'd been, had some, done some stuff with Triple R? Uh, yeah, I go and I volunteer there. Oh, okay, so it's, yeah. it's, yeah, a place just really close to my heart yeah. in the community. Uh, well, look, you know, I'm, um, you know, of course I'm on, obviously biased, I love 3CR, but I think that all you know, community radio has such a vital part to play in all of, um, in so many ways, in each station in Melbourne 
add something. And I have to say one of the, it was a sort of bittersweet moment a few years ago when the tote closed down. Of course, it has reopened. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting. There was a simulcast of the last show there on all of 3CR, PBS and Triple R, which I think says something about community radio. And Mm. I just thought that was a really cool thing to do. So, yeah, rock on community radio. And, um, yeah, hopefully we'll have less of, yeah, commercial radio. Fantastic. (laughs) Um, Each to their own, I suppose. Um, So... We're just about going to move move out of here and uh, make way for freedom of species. Um, and I'm going to take it out today with Annie Lennox and the perennial question, which is why? Um, and, um, you know, just um, any final thoughts on anything um, that we've touched on, comedy, um, whatever else, um, that you might want to add? And then we'll wrap it up. Ah... Uh... No, well, look. I think yeah. The great the great thing about fringe, particularly, is that is that diversity, like the range of different arts and the range of different personal perspectives. Yeah, on show on show is amazing. So I find the more things you get out to see, uh, you know, the the better. I think arts are incredibly powerful way of expanding your world. Yeah, um, and just expanding you know, what's what what's great in society. So, yeah. um, and yeah, Fringe is one of those festivals which, which really, really does that. Oh, look, um, unequivocally um, does, um, you know, Melbourne seems to be a city of festivals as well as the Melbourne Writers Festival, which um, again, for those listening live, finishes up this afternoon, um, which um, was where the sort of, well, semi-official panel that I facilitated yesterday was on the Global Ideas Forum has been mm. on this weekend at Melbourne University. There's lots going on in this town of that's of creativity and thought. So, hop out there and enjoy it, and um, learn and respect people and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and I think I think one type of diversity flows into another. True. Like diversity of ideas will flow into diversity of culture, will flow into diversity of sexuality. It's like the more open-minded people are in general and accepting of differences. Yeah. Uh, then that extends to all areas of life. Yeah. No, very, very true. And it was actually, you hit it on the head, though, it was um, the Global Ideas Festival had people from all walks of life there, you know, law, medicine, arts, all that sort of stuff um, and at all, this, all the sessions, which I think is really powerful to get all those different perspectives as well. So lots going on. Better leave it there. Make way for freedom of species. Nick, thanks for hanging out the no, whole no hour. No worries. It's great. Um, just having a, a chat about stuff. Um We'll take it out um, today with Annie Lennox and a beautiful ballad, um, the perennial question, why? Um, don't forget, if you've got comments on the show, pop them in via the various means and we'll get to them um, you know, perhaps in um, next week's show if I missed anything. Um, and other than that, thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan. I'm Sally Goldner. Catch you next week. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.